What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's show was another installment of the Wisest Wizards Live Free Podcast uh, duo show. Unfortunately, Carl had to pick up a Muay Thai class and wasn't able to make it, so me and producer Lex just got down and, and did our thing um, like we do. We talk Wisecast, which... Uh, the guys just changed the name of their of their podcast from the Wisest Wizards podcast to Wisecast. So make sure you go check out the Um But I'm still going to refer to them as the Wisest Wizards, as you'll see. Um, so yeah, we talk about that. Uh, Kevin Smith, the UFC, Zach Savage, Tiffany Timebomb, Comic-Con, Religious Zealots, Male Female Misconceptions, and Miscommunications. Uh, Bob Filner, Blurred Lines, and Nerds. So make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on all the links over there. Go click on the shop. Buy some stuff in there. I got some t-shirts. I'm actually getting ready to go pick up the surveillance tees. Um, everybody that pre-ordered, thank you so much. I will be shipping those out this week. I'm, I might actually be picking them up today or tomorrow. Um, either way, I'm going to start packing all that stuff up. It'll take a little bit to get it all shipped out. Um, but all that stuff will be headed out to people this week. Uh, I have an art show coming up, which I haven't been doing too many art shows. I actually have two coming up in the next few months. Um, I'm doing a two-person show with Allie Good uh, in on September 7th in San Diego, which is funny because I've really been trying to avoid doing art shows in San Diego. I've... I've uh, not been very pleased with my city. Actually, the last solo show I did at Subtext went really well. Like, I sold a ton of stuff. Um, it didn't get much press or publicity. But I felt like it was a really good show. And uh, and I got a lot of support for it. So I always appreciate that. So um, an old friend of mine opened up a gallery called Low Gallery. Uh, it's on 30th in San Diego, California. Um, I guess that's... South Park or North Park area. That's uh, where she had opened a previous space. Um, Megan Nolan had, had and her her husband had shown my stuff um, back in the early days, and so she asked me to do a show uh, for their new spot. That this is going to be the inaugural show at Low Gallery. So um, I'm going to do that September seventh, Saturday, seven to eleven p.m. Um, I'll be posting stuff on the blog and, and I'll, I'll try to get Allie on the show before, um, before we do that. So I think that'll be good. Uh, just, uh, you can go check out the blog or my website, mikemaxwellart.com. Follow me on Twitter at live free podcast and at Mike Maxwell art. You can follow, uh, Lex at producer Lex on Twitter. And, um, yeah. So if you want to support the podcast, Go and leave a comment on the iTunes page. Rate and review the show. It makes it move up in the iTunes numbers. And that makes me feel good about myself. And if you want to PayPal the show, if you want to donate, you can do that. Just uh, go to MikeMaxWart.com. Click on the podcast. You'll see a donate button, PayPal link. Uh, just click on that. If you have a credit card, you could you could donate. So... I appreciate everybody who does that, and uh, I love all you guys. So, without further ado, Mr. Producer Lex.
What's up, buddy? So, yeah, I, I'm still going to refer to you guys as the wisest wizards, well, even though one of you is missing right now. Should we mention that? Right yeah, Carl uh, had had to go train UFC or uh, train people at UFC. Yeah, he's a bad motherfucker. So, um, Man, I've been watching him. He the, uh, the last probably like two weeks, they've been sparring pretty hard in yeah, Muay yeah. Thai class. I think a, there was the in-house fights, and I think a lot of people are preparing for fights in the future. And... Man, I was watching Carl whoop some ass. He was kicking some dudes fucking hard as shit. <laughs> and he kind of has like a Bruce Lee thing in there. Like you can kind of see like the karate background or whatever his background is. Oh, you know? the Taekwondo? Yeah, dude. He like gets all the, the whole switch footy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he catches people off guard. I like his, like his boxing style. It's really interesting too. He always keeps one arm out pretty straight and yeah, then the yeah. other one up by his face. And he can switch back and forth. He was putting it on some people. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I was in <laughs> I was in the jujitsu class, and I could hear him cracking people. And I looked up. I was like, "Oh damn!" Yeah, that's so. Uh, yeah, he's not here today. He had to take take care of some ass whooping class. Yeah. So, well, the first time I seen Carl spar like that is that he was trying to get somebody to stop turning around and running away. Uh-huh. So whenever he turned around, like he just straight up switch leg kicked them with the. I think it was because he's a southpaw, so he. He'd right kick him, yeah, with the switch right, and uh, yeah, like every time he turned around, it's like stop turning around, whack. And there was <laughs> a bunch of guys. Uh, G was there, yeah, and um, a bunch of the you know the the main Muay Thai guys were all sparring pretty hard. Like it wasn't any of the beginners; it was all the experienced guys. Oh yeah, yeah, they yeah, were fucking smashing each other. And then uh, his wars with nails were pretty crazy. Have you seen those? Did you see those at all? No, I don't think so. But I imagine that's pretty a pretty interesting fight. Yeah, I'd like to see him fight. I don't know, I don't know if he has any aspirations of doing that. It's I I don't know. I think it's a part of him wants to do it. I I don't know. I, I'm, like I'm really not him. Fight. I can't really speak for him. So yeah, I know since he's not here, we're yeah. asking all these questions about him. <laughs> like so, Carl, what do you think about this? <laughs> it's because we really don't care. We don't yeah. really want to hear the answer. Yeah. He's not here. <laughs> So yeah, I, I still consider um, like I made that logo thing for the for when the podcasts go up, our joint venture Ultron oh, podcast. So yeah. I'm still gonna make it be the WW. That's fine. Yeah, uh, just we just decided to change change the name, but we're still wizards. No, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. But I'm gonna keep calling you that. Yeah. But it's the wise cast. There's no there's no problem with that. You no, can, it's just a plan. It's words. almost like it just becomes like a nickname now. Yeah. Well, we were trying name. to figure out this whole thing when we were writing, um, oh, when we were deciding on on a website. We were like, "The Wisest Wizard sounds kind of twelve years oldish or frat boyish," even though we do drink heavily and <laughs> partake in <laughs> frat boy like behaviors. Yeah, but um, we wanted something to be easily noticeable and something that was like less than five so what, one two three four four syllables, like something that. A, catch someone's ear yeah so um we actually were looking on itunes and you we're guys like, are getting all marketing yeah style, you fuckers yeah we're selling out yeah <laughs> no and then um i was showing carl an episode of uh smodcast kevin smith's podcast yeah and he's like hmm how would we call ourselves wisecast and i was like good play on words carl and he's like i was just referring to smodcast like uh-huh you know i was like well again good play on words carl <laughs> That's what perfect. do you think? Do you like the Smodcast? I actually just listened to the episode yesterday. The one with David Cho? Yeah. Yeah, that one was good. I do that. I like uh, Kevin Smith. I've been watch, keeping up with him for about like two years now. Yeah. 
like really um since i started getting into podcasts yeah so before i liked all his movies like he's kind of um his humor is really close to my humor so it's, yeah that's what i i love about it man i watched I, I think i was probably 16 when i saw clerks yeah the black and white <laughs> shit was fucking funny i yeah. i thought it was hilarious I watched a lot of weird shit like that none of my friends were into at all. Yeah. Like I, w- I would we would always go to like Blockbuster, which is now non existent, which is funny to yeah, say. Dude. Like or the Hollywood video. And That's like, another one. I so think they were the first There'd be like under. six of us and trying to pick out one movie to watch that night at like the hangout house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd always pick out the weird shit that nobody <laughs> liked. Everyone would fall asleep and shit. Dude, I what was that part in Clerks where uh, she was explaining to the dude that you know, that she like sucked five guys' dicks and the dude was saying you're in five guys' dicks and I was like it didn't mean anything if I liked them I just went down on them I have sex <laughs> with you I was dying at that part yeah that shit is and that was a different type of comedy that was not being put out at the time. yeah but now it's pretty prevalent I think I think a lot but of probably people because are, of him yeah yeah well he has a lot to do with the, that stuff and he's like his little like when he talks about himself like growing up in his career like he's had a lot of hand his hands in a lot of stuff yeah to where you can see i was like i think that's kevin smith stuff and then you hear him talk about it later and it's like it was kevin smith stuff yeah but then he made like a lot of those like shitty hollywood movies that like, like cop out I, I never saw that one but there was the one with that he really got a lot of shit for with ben affleck and um and uh j-lo Oh, what I was that? Think. It was like Jersey Girl, maybe? Jersey oh, Girl? yeah, Jersey Girl. He got a lot of shit for that. But, you know, like the um, the religious one. Uh, Red State. No, I haven't seen that. The The one with George Carlin and, and uh, Chris Rock. It's the end of the world. Dogma. Dogma. That, that film is brilliant. Yeah. That's one of those movies that I could watch at any time. You know, like even though I've seen it like 10 times. Yeah. If not, probably more than that. <laughs> I could sit down and watch it. Yeah. <clears throat> there aren't a lot of those movies. I keep trying to get my girl to watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High because she's never watched it all the way through. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it's, ridiculous. We man. haven't made it happen yet. Oh. I make so many references to it <laughs> that I have to go like, okay, here's what I'm referencing. But that happens quite a bit. And it's usually if I do that, it's usually I'm reference, referencing Wu-Tang at some point. <laughs> it almost... I always say I'm referencing some hip hop song, but it almost always inevitably goes back to Wu Tang. Yeah. Like if I'm saying something weird to her and she doesn't know what I'm talking about. It was like Wu's Forever. Yeah. So what's up with you? Uh, we just had a, a UFC this weekend. I heard you, there was a, a fight question that you had. Oh, or well. A listener? Uh, yeah, we had a listener question. I guess that would be anonymous, but uh, he asked if. Does that mean there's one listener? Yeah, so we're going to do the whole FCC standard. So if there's one email, we get a million listeners, you know, like the whole, like if we get two phone calls about the atrocity that happened on TV, that's two million people were upset. Okay. All right. Just, I can go with that number. Kidding. You just fit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> However it works, man. I don't know how this shit works. I don't know either. I don't know who's keeping track of shit. <laughs> I don't know how to keep track of it either. So I'm just blindly. So you didn't watch the UFC this weekend? No, I actually forgot, dude. I was really excited for the Jake Ellenberg Rory McDonald fight, and it was boring as shit. 
Rory McDonald is definitely in the GSP camp of just safe, get the decision, get the points. Yeah. win, fighting now. He just jabbed him the whole time. Jabbed and front kick. Jabbed and front kick. What? Yeah, it was boring as shit. Like I like barely paid attention because it was it was that boring. And people were like, Yeah, he played the game, you know, he did what he needed to do to win. He's a ninja and shit. And I'm like, fuck that, man. He's fucking boring. There's something so, that- oh, yeah, go ahead. uh Robbie Lawler also fought on the card at yeah. one seventy for the first time, coming down from one eighty five. And he uh he knocked out Oh there's so many fights I can't remember who he fought. He he knocked somebody out. Uh-huh. Like was super aggressive. I think it was Crookshank? Crookshank? Crookshank something. What was like? uh the UFC um card number? Uh UFC on Fox eight. UFC. That's why I didn't see it. That's what I it was on free t- it was uh, on FX. The prelims were on FX. Yeah. Some really good preliminary cards, some great fights. Melvin Gillard looked fucking fantastic. He knocked out Mac Danzig. Oh shit, really? Yeah, dude. And Melvin Gillard is a beast, man. I've put a lot of bets on Melvin Gillard over the years. He's a bad motherfucker, Fuck. but he it seems it almost looked like he was going to get into some cardio trouble. It looked like Mac Danzig's game was to extend the length of the fight yeah, yeah wear him out and then probably choke him maybe but he caught him man he he kicked the shit out of him so basically he was banking on his cardio is not that great so he had to finish him before his cardio that seems to be him. yeah or he gets uh his back taken and he gets choked a lot you know he's had some issues actually i think he got his last few like he was on a run of winning a bunch of fights and then caught a, a a small string of losses and was switching camps and yeah you know how that sort of thing happens with fighters they get sort of on a slump i think he had some legal issues too maybe some marital problems something something personal or something you know yeah, something that, that gets in your head and yeah they, messes up the rest of it can mess up anything you know but he looked fucking awesome so i like to i'd like to and melvin gillard i think is he 170 or is he lighter than that He's a big dude. He's got that big ass back. I think he's heavier, dude. Well, he's not one eighty five. Or maybe he's right there. Let me see. I'm I'm looking up at this the cards right now. So it's main card, uh Ryan McDonald, Robbie Lawler. It's Bobby Volker. Volker, yeah. I was yeah. like yeah, he whooped that dude's ass. So I'm interested to see maybe Raleigh, Robbie Lawler get an sh- opportunity at McDonald. Depending upon what happens with GSP and Hendricks. And Hendricks. Well, how, how do you feel about that? I feel that Hen- Hendricks can give GSP actually a good fight. But I, I don't know. There's something... It seems like he would be an underdog. I want I want GSP to be the person to retire undefeated, just out there, so they can say there's someone that did it. Do you they have I mean? a set date for that fight? Oh, it would be interesting to know because I think it's soon. Like one one sixty five. Is it? Which one's Cain Velasquez? And I think that's one sixty five. Yeah, I'm not sure. I never really look ahead to see what's coming up until it's like fight week. Yeah. I I haven't really been keeping up. I think Hendricks can knock him out. 
I think he definitely has the capabilities. I think that it's likely that GSP will shoot a lot, jab a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's UFC 166. Roy Nelson. Nope. Fuck. See? That's the Cain Velasquez and um, Junior Dos Santos fight. There we go. UFC 167. So it's going to be... In Canada? Yeah. Toronto? Most, Ontario? Oh, it looks like Las Vegas. Oh, Vegas, huh? Yeah. Nice. It's so weird because um, you the, after the post fight of uh, 162, or was it 163, with uh, the car, or was... With Anderson Silva, is that what 163 was? With Anderson Silva Weidman? Yeah. I'm, I don't know what the number was, but let's just say it's a, that fight. Okay, because Dana White in the post-fight uh, interview or conference was gave a list of all the next cards, and they're all stacked. So it's like uh, the next big one is uh, Jones versus Christofferson. That should uh, be interesting. Yeah. did you? And you know what was uh, bringing him up? Uh, Roy McDonald fought a lot like uh, John Jones. Oh, yeah? But without all the dynamic strikes. Like, you know when John Jones sort of gets into the Leota Machida stance? Yeah, yeah. He stands really wide with his shoulders, like, face toward, like, one the front shoulder face towards, mm-hmm. and has, a, like, a really wide karate stance. Yeah. And will jab and front kick people or do that little, like, in, instep kick yeah. sort of thing that he does. Or, like, the knee kick. Yeah. Uh, Rory stood like that, like he looked like a shorter white version of John Jones, because he he had a really long reach too in mm. in the fight as well against Ellenberger, and even though they clinched and there was some groundwork, Ellenberger just never got anything put together. Yeah, I f- I figured. Do you think he he would stand that wide in that sort of like looking sideways type of stance to like extend their range? Their range. That's what it seemed like. To- yeah, because he was. His jab looked great. It was, he was clipping him, like catching him in the eye, like in the nose, like jabbing his head back each time. You know, yeah. obviously not going to knock him out or hurt him badly, but, but could have swelled up his eye. Yeah, you know, after hitting him over and over and over again. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of makes sense because you can actually lunge into your jab also, and then all your body weight is in that jab also. Mm-hmm. It looked really strong, good, like, yeah. and it's it was snapping his head back, so it had some power. You know, it didn't. It he didn't like it for sure. Yeah, and it caused him to like have to think about coming in because he either threw the front kick, he threw that a lot. Yeah, threw some leg kicks, and threw the jab the whole time. There's there has to be some good amount of reading on his end too because if in that stance you could totally you can angle him perfectly. So if you try to circle to the right, you angle yourself to the right. That's and That's he circled good... out. So if he like tried to get him into the fence, yeah, he always circled out and then threw like a kick, you know, throw like if he circled out to his left, he'd throw the left kick at him once Ellenberger was up against the fence. Oh, okay. Or vice versa if he went out the right way, like throw the kick and then go establish like the first for probably 75% of the fight, he controlled the middle of the ring yeah. and just stepped on a pivot point around in a circle like never really had to move that's ridiculous and kept him on the outside the whole time so he basically played chess with the ufc yeah he just used that middle bar to yeah. the board and was like <laughs> this is mine and i'm gonna defend it and that's it 
I'm not gonna try to finish the fight. I'm just gonna defend this shit and jab you to death and win. The problem with that is like, I, yeah, I can understand when people are like, oh yeah, he played the game like this and that, but it's like also entertainment. You know, you want some sort of like explosive or excitement. It's yeah. like, why would you even watch that in the first place? That's the reason why I watch it. I mean, um, I'll give people like some of those boring victories every once in a while. I'll be like, okay, yeah, whatever. But uh, saying like if they start doing that like a John Jones fashion, besides the last one we finished Chael, but um, like just doing points and then winning for submission, also GSP, yeah. but I'm actually... Well, yeah, I, I don't use John Jones in that example as... I, I mean, in terms of like... His, uh, like a stance style, just as like a like a body shape sort of, uh-huh. like in comparison, because because his reach was so much longer for McDonald, but not in in terms of like I think John Jones is probably much more dynamic than what I mean to say with with that. But yeah, like yeah, he GSP is. is the perfect example. I, that's what it felt like. I was like, oh, here's a GSP fight, fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was really excited because you know like. If you look back, Rory fought like in the BJ Penn fight. He fought like a John Jones, like dynamic strikes, yeah. like was going for it, like was doing damage. And this one, he was very much reserved. But Just, I mean, who who's to say fact, that that's not you know it's not against the rules? Was it the fact that he played it safe in order to win? Because if he did go explosive and do, who's to say? You know, like none of us could say what his intention was. That's what it looks like, but we don't know. He might be thinking like it sucks to get fucking smashed by this dude, and here's a way to not do, get let that happen. Yeah, I think that's a natural response to a certain extent. But like you say, in terms of a mass majority of the viewers, it's about entertainment, and that doesn't become any very entertainment value. There's not much value in that for a lot of the the viewers, especially on live television, yeah. live free television. So it's not like the diehards. Yeah, so, and, like, eh. but even the diehards are like, oh, this bullshit. <laughs> Everybody wants to see the knockout or like somebody go for a finish, and yeah, you know, I think in an organization like that. <clears throat> They'll weed out the the fighters who are on that type of level that don't make the that don't cards, perform. Yeah, that don't make the cards exciting. They'll get fewer and far between. You know. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. I've well, let's say well, we'll go back to like full circle to what we're start to like the beginning of the year was uh, we were talking about how there were so many fights and there wasn't that many, uh, uh, you know exciting cards so it's like everything was mediocre fights um most were decisions like we got a few that are sporadic where every um every fight on the card was like a knockout or something like that but now we're seeing that from those fight those a uh, string of boring cards and the string of excitement exciting cards now they're starting to place fights a little bit better yeah. So I guess it was kind of a good thing in order to like. But it's you know it's funny you say that because I was just thinking for this last card that's like it did not look exciting on paper, uh-huh. but it played out much more exciting than how it looked. Yeah, on, you know on the sheet, but and that happens a lot. Like even like a lot of the undercards are way more exciting than the main event. Oh, a yeah, lot of dude. times I so, love undercard fights. So sometimes these fights that you have no idea who the people are. You know, for most people, those sometimes are the guys that are the most hungry and like fight a really fucking tough fight yeah. and are exciting for people, even if they don't know them. 
and then all of a sudden you know a new person. Yeah. You're like, ooh, I want to root for that guy. I liked how he how he went out there and fucking put it on the yeah. line. You know, like you 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 enjoy that. So, some people, I guess. I I love that because it's uh. Most of the thing, like even you can say with undercard boxing, is like they all swing for the fences, most mm-hmm. of them, and that's what makes it exciting. It's the the lack of technique in there, or or not, you know, uh, how would you say sharpen technique? Yeah, makes it yeah. a little bit more of an exciting fight. That's uh, Zach just won his most recent oh, fight yeah. from the gym. Zach Savage, man, he- that dude needs better uh, competition. Yeah, that fight organization is pretty interesting. That is a, a local MMA organization that you know, like they're putting on events that allow people to get fights in, which is obviously a good thing. Yeah, uh, he happened to have his fight get changed three times in one night. I don't know how many people experience this sort of thing. So he had an opponent that he trained to fight. Back out night of the fight, yeah. somebody took the place. Saw that so, it was him. Yeah. Also decided to back out the night of the fight after accepting the fight the night of the fight, and then a third opponent decided to take the place and take the fight. Yeah. And the opponent came out swinging like a huge right hook, like like from left field all the way like a big looping yeah like street punch. Yeah, he looked like he like he is his uh, stance too was very very I would say it'd be unorthodox for like fighting or MMA fighting stance. Uh-huh. He looked like he was brawling on the street. Yeah, he was like in the street, like how people like have both their hands like flailed straight out, like they're about to give you a big bear hug. Yeah, like and just rotate, just pivot on their spine, just swinging both arms. But I mean, so it ended in mounted trying. Well, he gets. He gets mount and then uh, sets up the triangle. Yeah, and then rolls him. That's what every time he gets him, dude, and it's he's hard as shit. It's hard to get out of his triangle. It's strong. funny because um, he put it down. He got him on the ground, or did he get taken down? He got taken down, flipped him over, and then you hear Gadget saying, "Just wait, hold on, uh-huh. just relax." Yeah, and then you see Zach mount him. Throw a few punches, and then you see the leg slip. We're just like, "Oh shit, it's over from here." Yep, he does it so per like. He smashes him in the face. Their head picks up. He grabs it. Boom, boom, and you're done. You're not getting out of that. And I, he catches me in that all the time. Yeah. And I won't let him roll me because I know that, that what he's trying once, to plan. Once I'm he like, rolls, yeah. I'm like no, you can't. I'm not letting you roll me. But people without a strong jujitsu base are not. They're just gonna try to get the fuck out of there and roll right into it. Yeah, because he rolled. He rolled them quick, and you figure... And part of it is, you know, you're getting punched in the face. So that's the difference between that and, like, just doing jujitsu. So yeah. You're trying to get your face out from a, a very precarious position. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you're just how, how many fights is this? The Is this his third one on that in that series? That I it's believe by submission? So. Because I know the second one it was by vocal submission because he couldn't tap, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, there was like it was like a TKO sort of situation, I think. But uh, I, yeah, I think he didn't. He didn't. Ro- he, all he needed to do was rotate the other guy, and uh, but he was punching him in the head. So was, instead of saying like tapping, he's like stop. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Cecil Peoples stopped it. 
Cecil Peoples always co- always referees his uh, his matches. It's funny, dude. I love the the way that guy is so enthusiastic about the fight move. Like I know he's the best. The knee in the air. But he's so crazy. He's such a terrible judge too. Like when he judges UFC fights from you know on the cards. He's on mm-hmm. the cards a lot. He's one of those guys that he he's got to be fucking see now from all the karate kicks to the head and shit. He was a bad motherfucker. I don't yeah. know. Have we talked about? Have we talked about him before? Like, no, was this like is the karate. first time that you actually came up. Yeah, he's like it was like a karate master back in the day. Like I, I want to say that he was in like a Bruce Lee movie. Really? Fuck, I could be wrong, but I want to say like he like fought Chuck Norris or like he has some sort of like old like legitimate like. All right, he's not totally. But I just think he he's fucking senile or something. <laughs> He's so weird, he's man. Too, he's too used to the point system in the karate matches. I used, the actually, he I, he used to ref on Chuck Norris's like kickboxing, uh, like event that he used to do. Did you ever see those? I feel no, like we've talked about this before. I haven't. It's on a platform that's kind of like blood sport. Okay, it's like an like a a raised edge with like a flat bottom like so there's levels yeah and it's like kickboxing with gloves on the feet oh okay pads yeah and people get knocked the fuck out it's like kind of sort of like taekwondo competition almost okay like similar rules and he refs that yeah and he if you stall at all in the shit they like get on top of you and like you lose a point just for stalling like like throwing a couple weak jabs or like dancing around a little bit the Cecil Peoples would get pissed and be like, "Go fight!" <laughs> I don't know why that sort of sounded like I gave him an Asian accent. He's a, a large black man. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I think I was too young to actually witness those. Because when did he stop? Uh, when did he stop competing? Fuck, I don't know. I've it had not... to be like late eighties, right? Yeah, probably. I think I was too. I was, he, yeah, I was a baby back then. He might have even been like. I'm. I'm probably just giving him giving him all these accolades that he doesn't actually deserve. <laughs> I don't have his Wikipedia right in front of me. Uh, you should probably Google this shit, but I, he was probably like in the Olympics, kicking people and shit. <laughs> you know, going to uh, bad judging, you, you watched the Lion Fight card, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. What did you think about the Matt Embray versus Cameron Ross match? Was that the final one? No, no, that's Chicky Lindsay and Dotson Clay Ferret text. Kevin Ross, you know, tattooed dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head. I don't. Shit, I don't remember. Um, basically, uh, I might not have seen all the fights. Oh, okay. Were you streaming it? Yeah. Okay. Because I definitely saw Tiffany's, which stuck in my head. I saw. Did you see the the guys? Tiffany's. The tie, the guy from Malapet. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. So this this fight was before Malapet's fight. Yeah, I don't know. I might have missed it because I. Yeah, you. I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, Matt Embray is a uh, uh, was a Muay Thai guy from Canada, uh-huh. and uh, Kevin Ross is like one of the best American Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw his today. last his last fight. Yeah, with the guy from Poland. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the last lion fight. Yeah, um, did. this one, I, I Matt Embray won like the first two rounds were no no doubt about it, and then um, Kevin Ross kept coming back and kept pushing the pace, and. You know the 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 scorecard. You know on TV is like, oh, this is how the, the yeah, rounds judge yeah. like nine ten nine ten. So it was first two rounds were for Matt, and then the next were all for Ross. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. But then the actual judge results were for Matt Embry. No, and I like don't the know. last the last four or the last three rounds, dude, uh Kevin Ross is just whooping his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Like coming back and just yeah, putting pressure on him because uh Matt Embry is like a a traditional stand and trade Muay Thai guy with Kevin Ross likes to put the pressure on him. Yeah. So but I was kind of I was kind of disappointed in that fight. No, I missed that shit. But I saw Tiffany whoop that ass. Yeah, dude. Jesus Christ. She hits so fucking hard, man. I think she could punch dudes and they would buckle too. <laughs> she, Dude, she hit her with the right hook like probably midway through the first round. Yeah. That like shook her. Like you saw that she was like, oh shit, I don't want to get hit with that again. Yeah. And then they got in close and Tiffany threw like the Anderson and Silva up elbow. Yeah. They kind of, or she threw like a body shot, like an up elbow that like slid off to the side and missed, but made her kind of duck down. Yeah. And then caught her with a hook. I forget. I think a left hook or a right hook. I think she hit her with the right after that again. And that like wobbled her. Yeah. And got her into the corner. And that it was all pain because she, the uh, little play on words there. <laughs> Excuse me. No pun intended. Uh, because she didn't fall. But she took her into the corner, threw some down elbows to the side of her head. I call them the side of her head because she's on my team, so I don't say the back of her head, even though they may have been to the back of the head. And then a knee right to the forehead at the very end. Wapa, Dude, no, I I can agree with you. There was one that actually did hit her on the back, but then she went with her left and started doing the straight straight, um, elbow to the side of her head by the ear. And then, yeah, it's fucking the one to the forehead, the knee to the forehead. I wonder if, because I never, re- when I watched it, I never really saw the ref, like, wave it off. Like, that's it, like, saying TKO. Mm-hmm. Or if she verbally, like, quit. No, I don't know what happened. The whole thing was is that she, Tiffany had it in the corner, and it was basically, it was either she was going to get knocked out or inevitable, like, she was getting knocked out. No matter what. So what she did when Tiffany was giving her the straight elbows with her left hand, uh-huh. she then kneed her, and then that's when the judge came in and like protected her and then waved his hand. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah he see, waved I couldn't his hand. see. I didn't see the like the wave off. So I was at first I was like, "What the fuck?" I wasn't sure if it was like a standing eight count because that's typically what happens. In yeah, Monty, right. You get, a but count, she wasn't like, even protecting herself. Like yeah, she literally she w- put her hand down on the on the canvas. Like what when that happens and she's getting pummeled by Tiffany. That's it. That's yeah. There's no match anymore. Yeah, yeah. She stormed her man. She she did that uh, like fake flying knee yeah, fl- left to hook. the left hook. Fucking crazy man. I want her to start training her Muay Thai. Or I mean, no, obviously she doesn't need to train her Muay Thai. Uh, her jujitsu. I so think she, she does can... train jujitsu. Is she? Yeah, I hope so. I've seen pictures of her with the gi on. Good. I haven't seen it, but she I'm has glad. been pulling guard in past couple of fights that she's had. That yeah, I've seen that, but I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> uh, no, because but... I'd like to see that transition to MMA. She's so she's such a strong striker. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Well, she has been. I was talking about this recently, like um, when you see somebody being that that's really good at one thing, mm-hmm. how they have a tendency to not want to try so much at the other thing that they're definitely that they know they're not going to be as good at the yeah. thing that they're like the best at. Yeah. And sometimes I think that, that 
I just I'm just bringing this up as an example. This could be anybody in any sort of facet of life. Yeah, they'll sometimes tend to steer away from the thing that they think they might not be as good at. Well, you know? Tiffany actually has some MMA fights also. So yeah, she, that's what she I heard. A game she and she's won a lot of them. So um, I think all three of them that she's done. I heard she got triangled. She got triangled in one of them. Yeah, like in China or something. I think she no. That I think that was a Muay Thai fight. She won that one. The Woolen yeah. Fang, I think. This is just hearsay. I'm not sure. Yeah, she has a video up on YouTube where she's like walking out to the ring with like b boy dancers. She looks like she's coming out. Yeah, it's like Jason Mayhem That's Miller funny. style. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but... Uh, yeah, because you got to have your wrestling in your jiu-jitsu. Yeah. That's Especially one main thing. that's what people try to attack. People who are... Whose skill set are focused on the... On the know, actual... Yeah. You know, just striking or whatever. But she's so fucking good, man. Yeah, it's so crazy. And she hits so hard. She... We had her on the podcast when she was going to have her first fight at Lion Fight. I uh-huh. think it was Lion Fight 6 or I think it was 5. When Nils was on the card. Yeah. Nils fought Matt Embry, the guy who who fought Kevin Ross. Right. And Nils lost against against him. But uh, yeah, it's so crazy. Now she's like world champion. Yeah, Lion man. Fight. It's fucking crazy. Popular too. Like as like a face of women's Muay Thai. Like. Yeah. She has a popularity level already. Like you, you know, actually, I think connections. She, I think her staying there would actually benefit her because she's pretty much like the the top of the star game. Right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it makes sense, especially like fighting other people that have way more fights than she is. And Tiffany's just like putting work on these girls. But you know, at some point, I think that next level has to be the UFC, especially with women's MMA becoming as popular as it is. There was some a uh, couple uh, Liz Carmouche fought. Yeah, um, she How dominated, she do? dominated. Yeah, just with their grappling. I think she got a submission, if I remember correctly. It was mostly a grappling match. Um, and I think I think Tiffany works with her too on stuff. I, I feel but like they've worked together on something. I think so. Maybe when she was here. Um, I don't don't quote she, me on that. I don't know who she I, works I up. I know she's sparred with Rousey a couple times. Oh, really? Yeah. I know she's done that. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I don't. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I've not really been keeping up on her until. Well, yeah, I haven't seen. Maybe it was before she started fighting with Lion Fight. She was working with Liz. I'm not sure. I have to ask her about that. Yeah, I feel like she grappled with her or worked on her on striking with her or something. I went to Comic Con since the last time. We spoke, dude. Since last time we, did you see that picture um, that Alex put up about that was uh, the Jesus dudes, like you know the Bible, and then there's a kid in the middle, is like kneel before Zod. Yeah, uh huh. That was pretty epic. The Jesus people are pretty crazy. I want to make some some posters to post up around or to like like, also post with them, like. I stood the shit got heated actually. Like what happened? I saw your post of, on on Facebook and it got a mil- like it got more likes than your all your other posts. Oh dude, like fucking, like always. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, you know the Jesus people were being homophobic and anti-Islamic and you know the stereotypical like yeah. Fox News type Christians, um, which is probably a very minute portion. Of uh, 
of that society. Yeah. You know, that most of the time. Um, and a guy heard him say something and just rushed up, like got right in dude's face. And it was like, you know what? Like pointing and like, it was like trying to start a fight. Like was, you could see it in his face. Like he was pissed. What? Dude might've been gay, but didn't seem like he was gay. You know, like, yeah. Uh, didn't have, he wasn't, he didn't have like a stereotypical effeminate type of behavior. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was pissed. And it it seemed like it had something to do with the homophobic slurs and mm-hmm. like he was implying that all the guys that were standing there like wanted to fuck him or something. Big like biker looking type dude. Um, there's a photo yeah. on my Facebook or on my Instagram, Mike Maxwell Art. Uh, <clears throat> and so I was like, ooh, this dude wants to fight. So I was like, I'm going to sit here for a second <laughs> and see what's going on. And the police were there to protect the the guys with like the religious picket signs. Oh, dude, that's fucking for their you know their free speech, and everybody yeah. else was also available to stand there and express their opinions. Yeah. They just couldn't do it in a violent way, which is what people with signs and who are taunting a large group of people and like trying to implement a, a, a certain idea. They kind of are looking for that trouble. You know, like I was talking recently about how trouble finds itself. Like, yeah, they're looking for that engagement. So it was pretty funny. Like, I asked them if um, what their thoughts were on eating shellfish and uh, <laughs> having sex while the woman's on her menstrual cycle. And they didn't answer me. They just looked at me like I was an idiot. Really? Yeah, they didn't they want engage you. me. Oh, dude. But they were engaging everybody else who was like, you know what, fucking, you're an idiot, you fucking asshole. You know, they engaged yeah. that situation, and then... But when you asked then, them something... And, you know, the, those types of people are always just going to give you scripted answers that are based on some biblical verse that is uh, manipulated in such a way to benefit whatever their agenda yeah. is. You know, so it's like... It's it's mostly funny, and then the people who do the anti-picket signs to picket them <laughs> are really, like, the tongue-in-cheek stuff is really yeah. funny. But it gets awkward, man. Like, you could tell, because, you know, there's probably, a lot of people in the crowd are probably, like, church-going Christians who, like, feel like a disconnect from that and then see how many people in a, a culture like comic-con mm-hmm. also fight are probably like a lot of atheists a lot of agnostics or a lot of people who just don't subscribe to any religion at all and just yeah. don't really give a fuck like it's not a part of their world so it's a it's a such an interesting melting pot of people and you can tell those those people only go for the crowd anyway yeah but they're crazy as shit and you walk by and you just like you could see the people who are there, like the younger kids who are part, like their parents are out there doing it. You could just see the pain in their face. Like, I love reading people's facial expressions. And, like, you could just see it that they feel pained, like embarrassed that they have to be out there and try yeah. to. Even if. Or, like, even scared, the ones that are getting confronted or seeing their parents getting yeah, confronted by these man, people. Totally. Because usually those people have fear of their parents. Yeah. And are very submissive to authority figures. And to see somebody just come at them, especially when they get trumped by somebody smarter than them. But they always have a, an out. They get they train themselves like fighters. Yeah, they're you like, know you're gonna fight because they wanna fight. You don't you don't know about the word. It's like I 
whatever you say, I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. It's, it pisses it's me off. It's infuriating. And that's their game. They want to infuriate people. And then they do the calm talk. Like, they're saying the most douchey, horrible shit, but they do it in calm talk. Yeah. So that you look like you're the crazy one going, I just want to get through to you and strangle your fucking neck off. Yeah. You know, it's fucking There was one time I dealt with a situation like that, and they were like, um... I was walking out of a bar and they're picketing, you know, like, you know, Jesus died for your sins. Yeah. You shouldn't be drinking. You're a uh, sinner. Sure. And I was like, you probably watch gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. And, so, and, yeah, that's no, another. Like, I did a whole confrontation. I'm like, dude, leave me alone. I don't want to deal with it. And there was like, come on. I got to talk to you about the Lord. And I was like, what? Not that there's anything wrong with watching gay porn. Uh, if no. You, if that's a true. No. Yeah, I mean, I just, but <laughs> it's wrong for them. That's what I'm implying. You know what I mean? So, so they say. So they, so they say. But, um, yeah, the whole thing, I just didn't want to deal with it because I remember a couple of months back, I did deal with them with the opposite way, and <laughs> yeah. I didn't go through to them. Yeah. So I ended up being the stupid one, walking away all pissed off. That's the best one to be, just not with the pissed off part. That's what I'm <laughs> learning, to just not engage in situations where you know it's it has no good outcome. It might be better just to let it go sometimes. Even though you feel or, like you want to change the world and like you want to really get through to these people and show them that there's another mm-hmm. part of life, well, you gotta let. A way, you, there's a way to do it. I've. You tell anybody that they're wrong, they're yeah. pissed. Oh, you can't yeah. tell anybody that they're wrong. You could tell them with a big fucking plate of sugar cubes with <laughs> "I'm wrong" written on top, and it, it does not matter. They're gonna be like, "Fuck you." You're telling me that my whole shit is fucked up and I'm not going to take that lightly. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what. Even in the light of the slightest things. You're going to be like, yeah. no, fuck you. I feel like there's a way to go about it, though, with them uh, using their tactics against them. Yeah. The whole calm talk. But you can re- reverse it around. But in the end, you really don't get to them. They just have that, yeah. that religious wall. The fun one is the Mormons that, that come to the door. Like those those guys are the funnest to fuck with, but um. So yeah, Comic Con is fucking crazy as shit, dude. Like I I'm trying. I was thinking about this like, like this feminist point of view. Yeah. Of how like a woman should be able to be able to get dressed up, maybe in a slightly provocative manner that's different from her normal everyday dress, yeah. and not be overtly sexualized by all males. But then I go to Comic-Con and and see girls aging from 14 to 40 yeah. who are dressing specifically provocative in like the sort of Halloween type of like, let me get my titties out, let me get my ass out, like <laughs> pussy lips were coming out, like there was titties showing... And uh, I'm not saying that there's anything there's wrong, with wrong with that, with right? That, yeah. But uh, on what level does it, like, I've been talking about how women's, what they're trying to say gets defined by men. Like, the the communication uh-huh. from one to the other sex is yeah. not, it gets mixed up somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So what we perceive as being, like, an over-hyper-sexuality by, like, going, like, 
oh, look at this. This chick is getting her titties out. You know, yeah. like, oh, shit, she's got the high heels on and her fucking ass is sticking out. Like, that, for most people, that means, like, oh, it's time to fuck. Yeah. Right? From a, That's the perception on the male side. But apparently, from what I'm learning... That's not the message that that women are. Obviously, that's not the message that women are sending. That they. But at what point does it cross the line from being I want to look good for myself and have the other girls be jealous of how hot I look to I want the attention of men? I there at some point there's a line being crossed that says like that's well, what or like an intention, not like a line like where you're either one thing or the other, but you have the intention yeah, of yeah. one thing or the well, other. Well I think if you were in There's no you, women in the room right now, let's we, mention if, that. If you're wearing a white tank top with a black bra, you're asking for men to look at you like, let's go in the back room. Really? You think so? Well, something like yeah, So that's what I'm saying. That well, okay, that's how we But then, but then you look that's at how this how double standard. It. You look at the double standard of, on how women dress and say like they don't want guys looking at me. And then you go to Comic-Con where half of the fucking or probably 75% of the people are virgins still haven't seen a pussy or, or I, seen, I highly or, doubt that or, to be honest. You know, oh yeah, nerds get it on too. But um Yeah, I think it's hard. Well, you know, well no, but just seeing maybe, the the amount of attraction uh, attractive looking women out there dressing that like you they would never dress that way on a normal day-to-day yeah. basis they wouldn't dress like that to their to their job they won't dress like that's that. the interesting thing so it's funny to see crews of like six or seven like nerdy dudes and like i mean like like skinny like probably you know not a lot of girls talk to them it looks like you could see crews that probably hang out all the time like yeah, yeah. in the basement or whatever <laughs> And the one girl in the crew, which is sort of typical, right? Like, crews have, like, a bunch of dudes and then, yeah, yeah. like, a couple chicks to hang around. Yeah. A couple of ladies. And the ladies would be hot as fuck. Like, all super dressed up to the nines. Like, yeah. Like, all makeuped up and, like, looking like like Halloween, like, <laughs> like slutty girls or whatever. And the dudes are still the nerdy dudes. That like they don't change that much. Even if they dress up, they're still the fucking nerdy dudes. You know. Yeah. So it it's a fucking it's an interesting dichotomy. Like, what is it? Do they go out there? Are they shopping? Are they presenting themselves? Like, I don't understand that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Like, it's so weird to try to read somebody when you get you get this whole like mentality. It's like I'm not selling myself but you look like you're selling yourself so like this. what the fuck do you want me to think and it's even it's almost primal like it's like people like peacock feathers like yeah yeah there was this one lady who was in a sort of medieval type of like slutty lady dress the winch it was like she had a she had it looked like she she had panties on most likely uh-huh. uh and then um had like a metal like it you know like almost like fish scales like if somebody made metal fish scales yeah, they yeah. were on little wires that Sequence, like hung down like no that... like pieces of metal like no. if you took like a large fish's scales like a tarpon scale yeah, yeah yeah and made those out of metal and like wired them together and made like a little flap that went over the pussy yeah <laughs> and then a flap that went over the ass cheeks yeah that's what she had. And the backside was like a triangle of this metal. And you couldn't see through it. Like, it was overlapped enough oh, that you okay. couldn't see through it. But when this lady walked, she had a big, fat ass. And when she walked, it, like, it tailed, like, made, like, a tail. So it lifted up and slapped back down. <laughs> and each time it did it, it went clink, 
like all the pieces of metal clank together. Yeah. So it was almost like, look at my ass, clink, look at my ass, clink, look at my ass, clink. <laughs> and it was like, that's a total like animalistic, uh, like mating call like, type of routine that we see in animal nature. And that's what it turns into. There's a real animalistic undertone to Comic-Con yeah. that nobody really pays attention to. It's it's like you don't want to be looked at that way. It's like, why are you wearing shiny stuff in that area? But even if you want to be looked at that way but not be obsessed over, I think that's a fair well, I, I guess, think that's fair too. I guess yoga pants but are the it's direct a, opposite argument to that too. Yeah. Wearing shiny pants. stuff and yoga pants, like they're complete opposites, but they still get the same effect. Yeah, that's right. So it's like what is wrong with us, really? That's like is it man's fault, really. Yes, are, are, well, are we that, coming out to this, I think so because we see. I feel like people don't. I feel like women don't understand our relationship to how to what messages <laughs> they're putting out there, and that's not like it's they're not at fault. Like yeah. it's just we don't know how. And like with the mayor situation. Right now, have oh, you been yeah, following yeah. any of this? Dude, I've been hearing so much about it. Like, they want him to yeah, step here. down. He's like, fuck you, I'm not stepping down. So I guess he's been, like, sexually harassing his staff yeah. for a long time. And dude seems like a total fucking creep. Well, yeah, dude. You have to be a creep to do that. I know, to be a I think Rogan was right? even talking about that, too. And so they're trying to get him to, to step down from being the mayor because of his sexual escapades. And Is I that think really? he did something like went... I, I believe he did uh, therapy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, sexual, like he says he's a, a sex addict, I think. Uh-huh. So it's funny. It's like, what do we allow as being like a disease? Well, what do we allow? As, like if he was a, if he was addicted to painkillers. No one would give a shit. Yeah. Would that be different? Well, I is is that really it's, all that's bad is is sexual uh escapades that are i believe wanting people to step down is that it yes, or I be- he, yes. has he done some shady shit i i, I hear Besides that there the sexual was... escapades or like there's like some embezzling of state money or something like that or or county money yeah i think it had something to do i i don't know i just saw something today where he's trying to get the city to pay for his court fees which is interesting but That's i mean weird. yeah i i you fucked the wrong chick, then. <laughs> yeah, and that that brings up a lot of interesting stuff. So, like, what at what point is you know? I think that that becomes the the issue. Like, how does how does how do men and women have a different type of relationship, or can they can they have like platonic type Dude, relationships? No. And you have to in a workplace. You got yeah. You there do. has to be some self control. So I think on that level, like if you're if you're running around punching people in the face, I feel like for women, it's probably somewhat similar, like in terms of like having dudes trying to fuck them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like it probably becomes quite a burden, especially if if it's a woman who has a tendency to dress provocatively or has like a nice body or is pretty or whatever and may not want the attention that she gets. And it's it's kind of like I I I try to relate to it with tattoos. Like I made the choice to get tattoos. So it's not quite this. It's definitely not the same thing Mm -hmm. as being like how I guess you could choose to dress a certain way, but I feel like, you know, putting ink in my skin was a very direct choice, but I feel attention when people start staring at me and like pay attention to me or like people grab your arm and like, Oh, let me see what the fuck that is. And like, 
So on a minor scale, I understand that attention, like annoyance. Yeah. But on some level too, like there's probably like a threat of violence too. Like there's all, it's like, there's a, there seems to be a fine line between something being rapey and then (laughs) like having a general, like a bonding with some women. Yeah. But then there's some women that just, just want to have sex too that are are perfectly okay with those type of interactions for perceivably to men there's just too many variables on that scale of the women's thought yeah i was thinking about that because of comic-con like you know i'm pretty sure with men it's like a there's a a straight line maybe a little of uh changes here or there not drastic but like when you look at the women's train of thought and what they perceive themselves as, you know, putting themselves out there yeah. or being conservative. Yeah. It's all over the scale. Well, it's kind of funny to think, too, like how we, like, if we see a, a hot girl, like, walking down the sidewalk or something, we pay attention. Like, we look and go, like, oh, there's a hot girl. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the same. I don't think women have the same reaction. I know that there's a same sexual response, but I don't think that they respond in the same way so that... When we yeah. when we react to what we perceive, it becomes a sort of threatening behavior. Uh-huh. You know, like it kind of pushes them into a corner. So or something. See, Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> I don't know yeah. all these dirty dancing, um, like that blurred lines video. Video, the one with uh, Ro- Robin Thicke. Yeah, you know there was a. I saw the the non nude commercial for it. Oh, you did? Yeah, this ca- it came on just the other day, and I was like, "Hey, there's one. Of, there's a version of this video where all the titties are out." <laughs> and the girl's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> she was like, "What is it? Is it a commercial? Is it a video? Because it was like it was a commercial for something." Yeah, yeah. Or they made a video of, with it as well. I don't yeah. know if it was both. Uh, it was fair. Uh, funny. Pharrell, yeah, Williams, and uh, Ti. I think it's T A or I T. I don't know what the hell his name is. It was T. It wasn't. For- no, it's Robin Thicke, and then uh, T I was the other guest singer. It wasn't Pharrell Williams. Pharrell's in it, yeah. Yeah, he did the the track. Or yeah, whatever. he's the one that produced the album. Oh, he's a weirdo. He collects a lot of art. Dude, Pharrell's good, man. I he's like one of the how would I say mainstream musicians that I actually really like that actually can get behind. When I worked for Shepherd Ferry, uh, Black Market, the design firm, did the Nerd logo. Oh, okay. When that came out, before, like, way before he was, he, because he was in the, it was another, a couple, another guy, an Asian guy, yeah, in yeah. that group with him, or maybe a couple different people, but the one they they did the, um, I think it was my friend Claire actually did the. Uh, you know, it was a group of the guys were guys and gals working yeah, yeah. in the design firm that did the like the brain logo. Uh huh. It's like a brain in like a the N-E-R-D. like a light bulb. Yeah, the N-E-R-D. It's not yeah. nerd. You have to spell it out. What does it stand for? Do I, I, I was Neptunes. Neptunes yeah, something. I don't know the rest of it. That was the name of the group, right? The Neptunes. The Neptunes. Yeah. And N-E-R-D was just the. I think it was, a, was the, the album cover. N-E-R-D. I think. It was the, that was the, the initials the initials for uh, the people of the group. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. That shit fell off. But yeah. So what else? I don't know. We got like probably about five more minutes. No, like two, three. Or we can wrap up. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Uh, go in my shop and buy stuff. I have T-shirts up there. <laughs> I just um, oh yeah, your surveillance one is tight. Yeah, I just did a pre-order. There's only going to be a couple shirts available um, after the pre-order, and then I might do another version of it in another colorway. Yeah. Um, but just go check that out. You can click on the shop on MikeMaxwellArt.com and follow me on Twitter, Mike Maxwell Art, and the podcast at Live Free Podcast. Sweet. And go to wisecast.com or thewisecast.com. Oh, it's thewisecast.com. Yeah. Go there, click it. Click it. Look at it. Rub it. All right, that got weird. (laughs) If you break these mouth-wing feelings, powdering dust on your fingers, we're now, now playing, we're kneeling Hard enough just to say you believe them Well, how the heck you think you could beat them At the center that you're trying to be them Hard enough just to say you don't need it When they serve it up, you will stay it Well, Congratulations.